How do you find the will to fight back against a world that wants to keep you sedated, average, and stuck in place? Join us for the tools and strategies you need to create a life of abundance, discipline, and high achievement. This, this is the Tactical Empire with Jeff Smith. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Tactical Empire. I'm super excited about our guest today, Mr. Kale Goodman, co-host of the Real Business Owners podcast and currently the CEO of Easier Accounting. Um, welcome, Kale. Thanks for coming on, brother. It's my pleasure, man. I was excited when you uh, messaged me and invited me to be on, bro. I love, I love what you do. And uh just grateful, man. As I've been able to get to know you over this last year, it's uh, it's Absolutely. it's awesome when people like you reach out, like, "Hey, man, let's have a podcast." I, I just love spending time with cool people, man. So it's my my pleasure. Well, you guys have had some pretty explosive growth over the last year, from from my perspective, and yeah, uh, like it's it's been really fun to watch. I mean, your your real business owners, like we were just talking about offline, is that like you guys are really gonna push on that going forward. But I mean, it's already massively successful. Um, yeah. And what did you guys create that for? Or what would you even consider it, I guess, for our audience? Like, what is it? it it's you, yeah. your Instagram, you've got a following, you built a brand out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, you know, the vision always evolves, right? It always changes. Um, but uh, originally, Trev and I, you know, from being in, in certain groups and masterminds and being on our own growth of, uh, you know, journey in business, like, hey, let's really like take this thing to the next level. Um, you know, we, we, we'd known for a while, like, hey, let's start a podcast and, you know, let's, let's try these things out. And, and we, didn't, we didn't do it right away. Um, but we did, we did form a Instagram page around our accounting company, around Easier Accounting. And dude, we worked so hard on it. We spent all this money. We were all trying things. We're giving out tax tips. We're filming funny videos. Like we're doing all this stuff, doing giveaways. And uh, for some reason, we finally got it to like 10,000 followers and Instagram just cut it off. So the intention to begin was let's put our content out and get clients. We wanted it to be a lead magnet, just to be straight up honest, right? And Trev actually, one day Trev pulled me in. He's like, hey man, um, I think we should switch gears. You know, I think Instagram shutting off our page is kind of just redirecting us, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Because um, I was all I was all for starting it back up. I knew it was kind of a long game we had to play with social media. But uh, I had been wanting to start a podcast for a while. Trev was kind of on the fence about that. And then, and then he was like, hey, let's switch it to real business owners. I, I looked up this name. It's available. He had a couple names. And I was like, well, dude, if real business owners is available, let's take that, bro. And his whole idea was like, dude, let's just get business content. No one wants to listen to an accountant on Instagram. No one wants to listen to tax tips, you know, like, come on. And I was like, it's so true, dude. Let's do something more interesting. And, and we have all this experience in personal development and growth and business. We own multiple businesses, not just accounting firms, investing, all this stuff. So I'm like, you know what, dude, we really, we've been in this game for a while you know, at this point, we'd been in business for, you know, what, 13 years? Now we're, now we're 16 years. So this is almost three years ago, we decided, hey, let's, let's brand the real business owners. And it was to get more leads and get more clients, Jeff, just to be straight honest with you. And, uh, but it evolved from that. Now it's like, dude, we're really helping people. We get DMs, we get messages every day. People are like, dude, you've been helping me. That's that one little nugget in your podcast. Like, Dude, that helped me scale my business, whatever it is, right? And that, that stuff started kind of bringing a lot more fulfillment to us. And so, um, you know, even though it is a lot of work, dude, it's the funnest part of what we do. And so it's, uh, it's, that's really what it's evolved into now. So now in real business owners, is kind of like, man, let's, let's go help more business owners. And, and that's what's crazy about influence, Jeff, is like, you know, everybody's an influencer, right? It's just you, you, you're choosing what kind of influence you're putting out there. You could be a really crappy influence. And it's affecting your kids right now. You're an influence on them or your kids' friends or, you know, some people in the community. Maybe you're a high school coach and you don't realize how much influence you're having on these kids right now and you don't got your shit right. And so um, I told Trev not too long, I'm like, bro, as this thing grows, our influence grows. We get the fulfillment out of it. Our life grows, but we get to continue to help other people. And so even though it feels like a lot of work sometimes and even something fulfilling like that can sometimes feel draining. It's like, it's, it's we're, we're growing our influence 
for the right intentions now. And that's what the vision's kind of evolved to. Yeah, it, I, I can share a lot of those feelings. I think that it, one thing that I find powerful about it is I, I don't find myself to be an influencer, but I know that it, it is very impactful when you do like you're broadening your impact, right? Most right. of the people we, we run around with, like that's, that's what their purpose is, is to have a broad impact and positive mm-hmm. broad impact, yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and for us to be able to help people is very fulfilling, rewarding, and all the things that you mentioned. Um, the the thing that I love about it personally, and it's a, a bit self-serving, is that as you grow, your obligation grows to the people that look up to you. And, and it just really galvanizes the integrity that you have to walk in and how you have to carry yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, because at least, at least for me, that's one of the things that I find that definitely makes the discipline easy of improvement. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And absolutely, so, man. Absolutely. So like it's holding like yourself. Held, yeah. It holds you to right. the standard. It holds you yeah. to the standard. It holds you, it helps hold you accountable. And and that's been one of the biggest benefits I, I would say that come from, from trying to, you know, be I guess a positive impact out there. It's so true. Right. It's spot on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it, you and I share a love of the outdoors and RVing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me a bit <laughs> about like your family life and what you enjoy outside of business and helping people. Yeah, man. Um, so my oldest son and I love to hunt, and I feel bad. I feel like I let him down this year. Like our business has been so crazy lately. And we had, we had hunting tags here in Utah. We didn't get to go out near as much. We're going to try and squeeze one more in because uh, we have a tag here. Um, literally, this starts this weekend. We have like the last five-day hunt for deer hunting, right? So we love doing that, man. But even, even, through, even through the summer, if we can escape a few times, just get the family out in the mountains. Like we, we love being up there. We don't get to do it as much because we do have so much going on. My wife's a business owner. I'm a business owner. Um, but just having those family moments around the fire, jumping in, you know, uh, uh, an ATV hitting the hills, like, you know, we love that stuff, man. And, and we spend as much time as we can up there. Some of our favorite places to go are like, what, like West Yellowstone up in Montana. We love going through, you know, Idaho and Island park. And we love seeing, we have friends that live up there. So man, we love the outdoors. Anytime we get an opportunity to explore new parts of the world and, you know, whether it's hunting or just being outdoors, we, we try and take advantage of that. Right on, right on, man. Yeah. And you've got three kids or four? I got five. Five kids. Okay. Yeah, okay. Five, five kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you, yeah. your wife's a business owner and you're a business owner. So you guys are yeah. certainly busy. Yeah. There's no question about it. And yeah. does balance become an issue for you? That um, word yeah, that yeah. we don't necessarily believe in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, whether, whether we believe it's fully achievable or not, like, which we know it's not, it's like, we still got to strive for it. You know what I mean? There's, there's, uh, there's times where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm disengaged from the kids. I'm too focused on this. I just need to put it, I just need to put that down. Or, you know, me and my wife, we have to, we have to schedule getaways, right? Like date nights, um, aren't as easy for us as they are for some people. Cause she runs a hair salon. Some days she's there three, four days a week and she's there pretty late and I'm helping with the kids. And by the time we get home, it's like, you know, we got little kids too, man. One and a half is our youngest and my oldest is 20. Right. And so we are all spread out. We're running kids to sports. We're doing all these things. And it feels like you never get to just have those, those date nights. Right. And so we, we hired a nanny, you know, we hired a nanny so that me and her could just plan little getaways. We're right by Las Vegas. We're right by the mountains going North. We're right by ski resorts. We're right by Lake Powell. We got world renowned spas, you know, out there by Lake Powell and here in St. George and and so we plan, we plan date nights, little one night or getaway sometimes leave kids with the nanny, but then we try and take it. We try and take as many family trips as we can too. So that's where we find our balance is the getaway. We kind of like get away from all the chaos to have like real good moments, you know? Awesome. So, yeah, but we're still working on getting structured, man. Like with little kids, one and five and 11, like, you know, we're battling, we're trying to get them to structure to do chores and, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're like any household, you know, it's just, a lot of things going on, but we do, we strive for balance. It's not there a hundred percent and we don't beat ourselves up over it, man. It's like, you know, we're not here to try and, uh, you know, 
look perfect. We know that we're just always going to have challenges to face. And, and uh, we just, we try to, we're trying to raise lights in the world, man, trying to raise good people. And, and so that's, that's really our, our goal. And, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but we're going to, we're going to keep striving to, to do that. That's our mission. hundred <laughs> percent, man. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, my yeah. four are nine and under, so I can understand and relate to the chaos. Yes. You're real busy um, then. The, the thing that you said that stands out to me though, is you prioritized it and you went ahead and spent some money on invested money mm-hmm. in a nanny to prioritize your relationship. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, 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 I don't think that people, I think people take their relationships for granted too much when they start businesses and have kids yeah. um, it, or one of those both. And, and mm-hmm. it found, foundationally, your relationship needs to be on point to make everything else rise. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree, so, dude. I agree with that. My, uh, you know, I did therapy for like five years, dude. Um, and I know that's my, that, that's a weird word for some people. It's kind of, uh, you know, taboo or I don't know, something, right. Like, oh, therapy. But dude, I got so many gains out of it, bro. Like, and, and, you know, I, I kind of look at him as like, he was my first coach, right. Cause there was a really shifting moment in life. Um, my first marriage totally broke up. I, you know, dude, it was, it was, it was brutal. Right. But you, I needed this weird shift to change who I was. And so I did like five years of therapy and he used to always say like, man, Hey, you and mom are good. The kids are good, right? You guys need to be first. And, uh, dude, I read marriage books, even though our marriage fell apart and we got divorced, I still read marriage books because I was like, man, I'm going to make the next one work. Right. And now I've got this beautiful wife and she's an awesome stepmother and mother to our children. And, uh, and, and we did, we put, which we, we work really hard at putting her and I first because we understand that concept. And, and it is true when we're good, man, everything's good. But when we're, when we're off and we always know when we're off, right? Like the kids feel it, the kids start yep. feeling off, you know, and it, it's a compounding effect like anything else in this world. And so you do, you got to put each other first, man. So yeah, the nanny was a huge investment because we weren't getting time together. And so now we're forcing it by creating that solution. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you just got to make it a priority, just like everything else, right? Fitness, yeah. business, yeah. whatever, like you just have to schedule it. And yeah, yeah, we, we go through a lot of the same things. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and we kind of discussed it briefly, um, is wealth accumulation and the delayed gratification of investing. Like Mm -hmm. I am a firm believer and you can correct me if you have a different opinion on this, but like what I've learned about investing wealth, tax strategies, everything else that I was never taught in school over the last 10, 15 years of my life, it has been so eye-opening to the fact that I truly believe that if you have a decent income, medium-sized income, some income, you realistically could, quote-unquote, actively kind of retire within three to seven years with a fucking plan. Anybody, almost anybody could. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's not honestly, I mean, it's hard work, right? But it's not that hard to get a passive income portfolio of, you know, 10, 12 grand a month if you're really, and there's so many plans out there that work for it too. There's things you got to look out for too, man. I mean, I don't know if you were on that real estate call last night, but they were talking about, they're talking about, hey, there's these guys that went around and did, you know, a bunch of relending on properties and scam people basically created a whole Ponzi scheme in real estate. And sometimes, you know, if you're a busy business owner and you're kind of taking care of your cash cow that's feeding you the, you the ability to go out and, and uh, buy investments, you have to, here's, here's my thing. You've got to become highly aware if you're being ignorant and impulsive because that's always going to cause implosion, right? Ignorance and, and impulsiveness equals implosion. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that because I grew up in a household like that, right? It's just constantly like ignorance, avoid taxes. I don't want to do it. And, you know, I don't, you know, there's these investments, but I don't know enough about them. So I'm not going to do them or these investments and guys like us were excited about investments. And so it's just like buying a new car. Like you get so excited. You don't look at all the fine details. You buy that car because that's the car you wanted, right? And you get impulsive instead of doing your due diligence. And so really wealth accumulation, I feel like you need to 
um, you got to be able to take action, but you need to do it without ignorance and impulsiveness. And you got to have enough awareness to do that, right? Because nobody wants to go learn the tax code, but you need to have a base foundation of it and some people on your team to bounce things off of so that you can actually make good decisions in that portfolio. So that's, so it does exactly what you're saying and it feeds you a, you know, a, a security that you're looking for, the retirement or whatever that looks like to you. Right. Yeah. The cash flow. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm all about is, is like the monthly cash flow that you can generate. Most people, I mean, not to be disparaging, but most people don't have the patience to save up a hundred thousand dollars. And then, and then most people don't have the the internal fortitude to give away that hundred thousand dollars with the promise of making $1,000 a month that doesn't mm-hmm. commute compute in their head. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute, I'm going to write you a check for a hundred thousand dollars. And you're only giving me $1,000 a month. Yeah. Um, whereas my personality, like I gamify that I'm like, Oh, I only have to do this. How many times? Mm-hmm. 20 times. And I'm making 20 grand a month. Okay. Like yeah. it, what if I do it 50 times? <laughs> so Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, for me, I think that stuff is super exciting. And I think most people shy away from it. And I also think that it's limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you talk about limiting beliefs all the time in your real business owner stuff that you guys do. But I, right. I personally think that people, even if they innately understand it, or even if they can conceptualize it in their mind, once it's explained to them, they still in their subconscious believe that either one, it's bullshit or a scam or too good to be true, Mm -hmm. or that they are raised to work until they're 65. And so to be able to deviate and do something different is absolutely out of their realm of possibility that they can fit into their mind. Mm-hmm. I dude, I agree with you hundred percent, man. I, I believe people lack like long-term vision, right. And they can't get to that long-term vision because honestly, that's, that's so valuable, right? Like if you, if you have like a true long-term vision that you're committed to, you're going to find a way to take action instead of not take action. Like you're going to find, it's going to mean something to you. Right. And so long-term vision is so important, but you're all fed this programming in your upbringing, right? This is, you know, you know, that's the one thing you don't choose. You don't choose what your parents programming is when you're from born to you're becoming an adult. Right. But now that you're an adult, you have a choice. You know, the second that you kind of leave the nest and you start creating your own new environment, you get to make a choice of what you're going to do with your life. And so many people don't grasp that because they're so programmed. They're just like, well, this is how life is. My dad was an alcoholic, so I'm going to be one. My mom worked as a checker at the grocery store, so I'm going to do that too. Like, it's just who we are, right? And they believe this because of their programming. And I did the same thing, man. Like I, you know, I, I, you know, when, after I got forced into therapy and all this stuff, I started doing all these crazy exercises that a lot of people probably think are weird, but I did them over and over and over again for several years. And all it was, was practicing new thoughts. And once I did that, because our thoughts, you know, they create our emotions and our emotions create our actions or reactions. And so I started like really finding ways to believe in myself, man, and started creating this crazy long-term vision of like, what do I want to do with my family? What do I want to do to break the mold of the programming that I was brought in for my children? My kid wants to be a pro baseball player. I think he's going to do it. People tell him all the time he's not. And I'm over here saying, yes, you are, dude. I don't know. This guy told me I'm too short. I don't care. Look at Jose Altuve, brother. You know, let's get you a plan to get there. And so, but when I was growing up, it was like, well, you better have a backup plan and you better, you know, go to college if you really want to make something of yourself. And, you know, and, and they didn't have the money to put me through college or find a way, which I'm actually grateful they, that I kind of had those experiences too. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think that's what it is. People really lack long-term vision because they don't, they don't fully own the fact that like, it's your choice now. You don't have to stay in that programming. And that's what the limiting belief is. We already put enough limiting beliefs on ourselves. Let's not allow other people to do it for us. And that's what your programming is. It's a limiting belief that was put on you for your entire upbringing. And even if it was great, your upbringing was great. You weren't like in this abusive home or anything. You still have a programming that you've got to reverse engineer and figure out what you want to create the long-term vision to go out and make a plan uh, and take action on it. 
Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's, yeah. my, that's my long, weird belief of it, right? <laughs> no, no, I, I 100% agree with it. And I was just sitting there thinking like, okay, if we're going to lay out our vision, is that really what people are missing? Or I was thinking deeper into like, okay, where, how does social media play into this now? How does technology play into this? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the same thing? If, if, if we were having the same conversation 40 years ago in 1980, um, wh- what kind of barriers were they facing as far right. as like, why couldn't they break out of their caste system for lack of a better term? Yeah. Like, uh, like if you were supposed to be a steel worker at the factory, why did you, did, did you think that you could go be something else? Yeah. And, and what has changed with that? Cause yeah. I, I believe a hundred percent, like I got, I have vision boards and I do all mm-hmm. that shit, man. I mm-hmm. truly believe that your energy and your vibrations and all that shit that you put off, like mm-hmm. it, your subconscious works you in that direction. If it's real, if it's real to you, like a lot of people do vision planning or goal setting or whatever. And, and it's, it, they just make up shit that they see and it doesn't really have that intrinsic value to them it, internally. They can't go deep on like why it's important to them. Like, right. and, and so thus they do not ever receive it. And so yeah. then, then they cast that shit out and they're like, that's trash. Like it, none of that shit works. But like, right. if you peel the layers back and you get down to what truly means something to you, like, like you're talking about RVing with your kids, outdoor stuff. Like I talk about that shit and it makes me want to cry. Like mm-hmm. taking my kids out mm-hmm. in nature, like in fast forwarding 20 years to when my kids are out of the house and everything else. And like those memories are made like that's truly emotional for me. Yeah, and like me that's, how, that's, that's how I know it's real. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not like, Hey, I want Burton's Lamborghini and like, <laughs> cause cars just don't mean a lot to me. And yeah, so me like, you, you really have to dig deep on yourself and it can be anything. It can be whatever you want it to be, but you have to have that feeling. Yeah, I agree, dude. hundred percent. I really do. Cause shit's going to get hard and it's yeah. also never going to work out like you want it to. Yeah. Like I, and, I mean, and- don't you think we, we want it to be hard, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing that I've realized through all of my growth is like, man, when I'm working hard, when I'm really pushing through challenges and I'm leveling up, like, dude, when I had a lot of money in the bank and I was scared to invest it, I didn't feel fulfilled. I'm like, what is, it's not doing anything for me in my bank account. When I wasn't pushing myself to figure out new things, the podcast, the marketing, like the business leadership, trying to improve lives of people in my company, like all that stuff is hard. You know what I mean? It's all hard. And it's like, but like, that's where all the fulfillment is, man. And so, you know, that's what I want to teach my children too. It's like, man, like getting to a place of comfort, it's never rewarding. Now you just start feeling kind of lazy and, and you feel regression instead of improvement. And so, man, like, I, that's what I'm trying to teach them is like, dude, fall in love with the hard, bro. Like, I, I hope when I'm 75, 80 years old, I'm like my wife's grandpa who's out there, like, you know, still trying to run his farm, you know, like, because yep. he, he genuinely loves it. You know, he's out there, dude, he's out working so many people out there with a shovel in his own damn farm. And I'm like, dude, the guy's 80, he'll be 80 this year. And I'm like, dude, I'm impressed. He's had hip surgeries and all this stuff. He gets his butt out there. He's still working out there on the farm. And and it's inspiring to me, man. And I'm like, that's what I want to teach my kids to do too. Is like, do fall in love with that hard journey. You know, that's, what's going to get you there. Like when you actually love it because you you realize like the comfort place isn't the satisfaction. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, that's a really good way to put it, honestly. Cause I mean, I came from the corporate world and so like I experienced that level of comfort that kind of sedates you into like relaxation with a guaranteed paycheck, a guaranteed raise, like almost guaranteed raise, whatever they give you just enough to keep you on the line. Right. Um, And so (laughs) like, I, I think the one thing that I never understood until I kind of matured and went real deep on the personal development side of things was like what you're talking about, which is like falling in love with the process and understanding that like, that is the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, cause me, I grew up kind of like 
I was naturally talented at a lot of things. So I cut a lot of corners and I was a corner cutting motherfucker because I could get by with shit. Like I I was smart enough, fast enough and athletic enough to (laughs) fucking skip practice and not do shit. And like, and, and that carried into my adult life to an extent. And, uh, so the reality of it, looking back is I was always operating at like not 80, 90% of my capacity. And then I was fucking off the other 10%. And that's where all the like internal lies came. Like mm-hmm. I told myself I was producing, I'm good enough. I'm doing right. X, Y, Z. And like, mm-hmm. but really over here, I've got this 10% that I know is, is my problem or yeah. it's leaving, it's leaving everything on the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, honestly, on the flip side too, I did all that same stuff too, man. Like I was a high school wrestler, had colleges looking at me and, you know, like I was a corner cut motherfucker too, dude. And I'm oh, sorry, I don't say that, just say that on this podcast, yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. we, we fully support the F word. Yeah. And, and dude, I wasn't a finisher of anything. And, I, and that was one of my biggest realizations as I started kind of growing in business. I had three businesses fail before we started really getting momentum. They were successful, but they eventually failed. Scaled them to second figures, boom, they fell. Scaled figures, fell. And uh, did it three different times. And it, uh, I realized I'm not a finisher, man. Like I get a lot of things started. I'm talented. I'm smart enough. I do all these things. But you know what I did is I, is I always was chasing the comfort. I didn't love the process. I didn't love the hard. I didn't, because I didn't really understand at that point in time before I started going through my whole growth journey. I didn't understand that, uh, that, that, that the hardest where the results came from. I just didn't understand it. And so I would, I would, I would, I was chasing comfort. I would be like, Oh, when I get the business to pay me 20,000 yes. a month, then I can relax and chill and, you know, go on vacations and drink. And I don't even, I don't even have to get, care about going to the gym and you know what I mean? Like I can just be fat and happy, you know? And, and, and you never, you know, I, I was chasing that man. I was chasing that, that comfort. Like how can I get just 20 grand a month coming in and, you know, and, um, uh, and, and I think that's kind of the flip side of it. When you kind of do that, like we did, you know, you have this, you're kind of a corner cutter, you're, you're naturally good enough, but you don't like practice. You don't like the extra work. You don't like finishing things. And then, and then you get in real life and you're like, okay, I got to work hard just to get to that place of comfort where I can relax. And that's pretty deadly as well. And, and probably a lot of people do it, man. Like I've relate oh, yeah. so much to what you said. I think probably majority we're now kind of weirdos. Cause we went, luckily we found these, weird entrepreneur groups and these businesses and partners and we lined ourselves with people and we're like yeah we're all a bunch of weirdos man and we're uh we're like a minority right we're like oh shit you know i actually like this hard shit now <laughs> but yeah. that really is where the value is at so a hundred percent well i mean i i always knew something was off like in the comfort was like misery and yeah. i was like this can't this can't be fucking it man like yeah. I, i'm gonna die in like what seems like two more weeks. And, uh, like I have already lived, uh, uh, whatever, 30 years, 35 years at that point. And I'm like, okay, like, this is it. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't picture like feeding my 401k for the next 30 years and then walking out of my company and being like, Hey, well, that was it. Good run. Yeah. Like yeah. that whole, like, I, I just never accepted that. And I've always kind of been like that as far as like questioning authority, questioning, like every single thing, like this doesn't seem right to me. Like why do some people not have to work, but some people do have to work and some people have a lot of shit and like, where'd all this money come from? Like, I I just was always asking questions and like there had to be better ways than Mm -hmm. just like following what you learned, what you knew, Mm -hmm. what you were brought up with. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we're so we're so similar, dude. We really are, man. I was like that too. I was like, wait a minute. Well, Why even are we just even accepting that I, they're just lucky that they get to it, live this, you know, phenomenal life. <laughs> well, I I bought I bought an apartment complex, only a small seven unit apartment complex when I was twenty six years old, and because I was saving money in my corporate job because for me a four hundred one k didn't make any fucking sense. I first started saving because like, we're just amassers. Like we're, I I, I am a saver by nature, but not Mm -hmm. a conventional saver because like, it didn't make any sense to me 
to give my money to my 401k when they wouldn't give it back to me for four years. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. If I go buy this apartment right now, it's going to pay me every month in my twenties. And so like, that was my first real inclination of like, okay, like you don't have to do this thing the conventional way to where somebody else takes your money and you don't get any of it back for 40 years. You got to keep on hustling the whole time. Like you can actually go out and buy assets that return you money like next month. And it may not be a lot of money, but I was, I, I had the wherewithal to be able to see it and be like, okay, that's a couple hundred bucks. If I keep doing that over and over and over again, like, this can add up to something mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. And, and I think you guys are heavily invested now. You guys are actively looking for investments. I'm, yeah. I'm majority of my stuff's in real estate. So I kind of want to dig in with you guys. Cause you guys are now doing like B2B stuff mm-hmm. as far as like investing in businesses and startups and things like that. So yeah. talk yeah. to me a little bit about how you guys got into that world and then what you're doing that you can share. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, well, first of all, you don't get to do any of it until you get to, uh, until you really go through the, the process of the sacrifice. You know, like when we started our business, my partner came to me, it was even before Trevor was a partner. And he says, Hey, my partner, Jeremy, he says, Hey, why do you think all these businesses go out of, out of business so much? Like I'm generally like kind of, like you've been on all the, you've worked for all these call centers and these sales companies. And it seems like they all go to business for a few years. I'm like, bro, they all just live beyond their means. Like the owners are idiots. So we made this commitment. We made this commitment to put a hundred thousand dollars in the bank account to give our company some security. We knew if we couldn't pay our employees, they would leave, right? Like as loyal as they were to the job, like they're way more loyal to their family and the mouths they're feeding. Right. So we're like, okay. Like, and I'd had those conversations for companies I worked for. I was like, Hey, you know, uh, can you write it out another uh, uh, week? Because I, I can't cover payroll this week, right? And that, you know, that's not good, right? So I just didn't want to have a company like that. And so I got everybody bought in, um, my partners, and same thing with Trevor, every company we've ever popped up, okay, we're going to put a half a million in the bank, 100,000 in the bank, a million in the bank, whatever it is, we're going to put, depending on the size of the company and our costs and our overhead and all these things, before we give ourselves a raise. So my first company, I had just lost my job making $150,000 a year. And uh, I went to making $500 a week. Me and my partner got together and said, hey, we have enough cash flow. We pay ourselves $500 a week. We can stash this much much money. In seven months, we'll have $100,000 in the bank. Well, that didn't happen because we had a merchant account that had issues. We had you know, unforeseen things come up. And then we found out like, oh, well, we got to pay taxes on that money, even though we can't touch it because you know, it's a pass-through entity and the K-1 is going to come through and we're going to have to pay tax on it. You know, so then we grinded it out for well over a year before we gave ourselves a raise from 500 a week to 700. And then, you know, we got to a new level as we hired more people and then we raised ourselves to a thousand a week. And if we wanted to make more money, we had to jump on the phone and make sales ourselves and pay ourselves a commission, you know? And so did we sacrificed for years to have security in our bank account. And then Trevor will say it often in our podcast, opportunity finds money. And so, we love business. All we knew was business. We didn't know real estate. In fact, I got burned in the last real estate crash. I always kind of was gun shy about it. Right. And then now the market's been so crazy. Everyone's like, Oh, is it too high now? But now we are, we're buying real estate. Um, but, but all we knew was business, man. And, and, and so when people came to us with ideas or, you know, I don't know, we just had like an expertise too. Like we knew how to build sales teams. We knew how to build certain systems and processes. We, you know, like we, we could always be better at that. Uh, we knew how to like deliver, especially in these last five years, we knew how to deliver better experiences. We, we were able to see what companies are lacking. And so when we had opportunities come to us of businesses that want to partner, like we could kind of pull everything together and be like, okay, here's a plan. Let's, let's help them do it. And then now we make money off these companies, right? Um, so some of them are our own companies. Some of them are other people's companies that we've invested in. Um, some of them are things like Aaron Wags, right? Like those were exciting investments to us because positive cash flow was better than like rental property, single family, or even multifamily. And when we actually yep. broke it down for the amount of money we could put into them, but they're probably not there. In fact, I know they're not as secure, right? Like in 10 years, a multifamily 
people are still going to need to live in those, right? In 10 years, if the brand kind of fizzles out or something weird happens, like, you know, CEO gets put on the news for embezzling, not that Aaron would do that, but some companies you invest into might happen, man. I, right. I was heavily invested into a, a, fran- a coffee franchise in China that, that that's exactly what happened. The, the CEO got caught in embezzling or doing some financial fraud and it tanked the stock. But, but I mean, that stuff happens, man. So it is higher risk. You got to kind of know if your expertise is in business, you will know. Uh, but the returns are greater right now, right? All I know is money doesn't do you any good sitting in your bank account, you know? And, and just like we were talking about, we're chasing this comfort. I did that for a long time too. Even owning an accounting firm, I was like, eh, I'll invest more once I get, you know, uh, half a million in the bank personally, right? Like, and I'm glad I did that because then it opened up the door for bigger op- opportunities. See, I'm a networker. And so I invested with WAGS for multiple reasons. WAGS has already done some crazy, awesome things with like Crumble Cookie and some of his other yeah. brands that I've vetted, right? And I, I've looked at the numbers of those. I looked at his structures. I looked at his fees that he takes off the top because sometimes they're sneaky about those. He was very 100%. transparent about them. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to bet on the jockey, right? And that's really where you're going to, that's where you're going to make the best decision is who you're investing with. Um, and when you're investing into other people's businesses, you better vet the jockey more than anything, you know? So I, I reached out to some people, I vetted those things and, and, you know, cause I didn't want to be impulsive. They looked, they looked exciting and I didn't want to just jump into them. So I had my attorney look at them. I had Jeff Charm look at them. I broke it down with Tony, you know, I was like, okay, cool. And I had some trust in, in WAGs. I vetted him, you know? And so those are the things that we did. And they, I think they are higher risk. I think it's really smart to have some safe buckets of money. And I've done that as well. I have whole life plans. I have some real estate, you know, um, I don't have a 401k. I don't have those kind of things. Um, but, uh, I, I do, I like people hate whole life insurance plans. Right. And I'm like, well, I have so much cash flow. Why would I not want a bunch of tax free gains? I don't care about the fees up front the first year of the policy. Like, yeah, I'll pay 50 grand in fees the first year on a policy. And that sounds crazy to people, but I'm like, dude, but uh, like, I'm going to have, and it's all, that, those fees are tax deductible, but I'm going to have all this money when I'm 60 that I can just borrow against and be my own bank tax-free, right? And so that People actually don't makes sense it. to me. You know, yep. they don't understand it. And, and dude, they get a horrible idea. And some, and dude, let's be real. I mean, some insurance salesmen really are so sleazy and they mark up commissions and you do got to look out for that because those fees do compound over time as well. So you got to get the best rates. You got to get the best commissions up front. You do got to, you got to make sure you vet it, but I'm all about investing in that money, not sitting in my bank account. I, I talk to my wife all the time. We got to move this money. I don't like having this much money in our bank account. I only like enough in there to cover us for like six months. If anything ever, if ever happens. Yep. But on the flip side, we had to be in a position to even do that. And so we did have a sacrificing period of time. I was chasing comfort to be honest, but I'm glad I did that in the beginning stages because not near the amount of opportunities would have came if we didn't have a quarter million dollars in the business, you know, when an opportunity came along that we could invest into. Um, and then even like when easier accounting, we got our, we got our reserves up to seven figures, but then it was like, Oh, you know, we have plenty of money to weather any storm. We have this other business model that's struggling. We have this new opportunity to tighten it up and bring the whole credit repair piece in. It was such a cool process. The dude wanted eighty thousand dollars to come in and train us on it and build the technology around it, and uh, and it was so worth it. But it was like we wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't be able to drop the couple hundred thousand dollars it took to build our credit repair company if we didn't have the seven figures sitting in our bank account from our accounting company, right? And so we get together as partners and we're like, hey, we know like ninety percent chance we can make this thing work because we already have all these moving pieces. We already know the numbers. We already know the attrition rates. We know all these things, right? And so. You know, we're able to make decisions together on those things, man. But, you know, businesses are awesome to invest into, but they can be high risk. They're very high risk if you don't know what you're doing. So, yes. And that's that's the thing I would say. I mean, like it, it's it's again back to personal responsibility for your own education. Yeah. And, and you talked about not being impulsive. I think that's a huge one yeah. um, that I'm sometimes guilty of. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm an impulsive individual, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that people just, and I'm, I'm invested in the whole life policies. I think they're like the greatest thing and one of the greatest products nobody knows about personally, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they I get mean, a bad rap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you just get to take advantage of the, the, 
the cycle of money and you can yeah. make your money cycle faster for you. Yeah. And just like the banks do when the banks take in your $10 and they loan it out 25 times, like that's the closest thing we can get to yeah. the in increasing the velocity on our dollar because right. you can get it earning interest in your life insurance policy and you can deploy it to earn interest at the same time, thus having two cycles of money. And depending on timing, you can actually get it to a third cycle of money, which is yeah. as far as you can get. But you can say you can use that exact same dollar three times, which is not available conventionally to a normal human being. Absolutely. We, and and people just don't understand that. And yeah. I don't know. It's because that some people think it's irresponsible to teach it to normal people. I think it's irresponsible yeah. not to tell people that there's other options. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, in all reality, I, I want tax-free wealth when I, when I do slow down, right? You know, right now yeah. we're young. Why not build businesses? These are cash cows. You know, why not do all these awesome things and investments, higher risk, all these things, but why not also build the safe things in, into the metrics as well? Because when I, when I do slow down, well, I don't want to be put in a position where now I'm getting required minimum distributions from my 401k that are now taxed at a higher tax rate because who knows, like taxes tend to go up, right? Depending on what's yeah. going on in the world, we could be paying 50% taxes on that money. And then you make enough money, even if you get social security, it's being taxed. And then you're getting pensions and it's being taxed, you know? And so like, you're going to, you're going to outlive your money if you don't, if you don't, uh, you know, think about it right now. All right. And so that's why, that's why I'm big on the long-term vision, bro, because you should build, that's what you should build your investments around. You know, like I, I want real estate. I want real estate with tax deferrals and positive cash flow that I don't pay tax on that revenue. Like I want really long-term real estate, dude. Like I don't, I don't ever want to sell it. Yep. You know, like I want to go down the to the baby, estate. right? Yep. Exactly. exactly. And so, and that's a lot of, I mean, right now the market's crazy. And so people are flipping, but that's their business, right? They're wholesaling, they're flipping, they're doing all these things but they're all buying their long-term stuff too. The smart ones are, you know? And so I'm all about that long-term vision, bro. Just and building your plan around that. And so yep. super important. No, they, there you go. You heard it from the accounting guy, whole life, <laughs> overfunded whole life. Yeah. I, I, I tell my clients in the mastermind that like it, the way I view overhunded, overfunded whole life is it is the retirement account for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like it is the 401k you should be taking advantage of as an entrepreneur, right. in my opinion, because yeah. then at retirement, you can name your salary if you ever choose to retire. Like, yeah. hey, Kirsten and I want to travel in every year and we want to spend 400 grand a year on travel. Like yeah. you can set that up so that you're pulling 400k from your policy every single year and do whatever yeah. the fuck you want to do. Exactly. Like. Tax-free gains, gains and everything. Right. I mean, you're using, post you're using post tax dollars right now, you know, but that that's going to pay off in the long run. Right. So For sure. I don't, I'm not against, I'm not against like, like Danny's great friend of mine. I send actually a lot of people over to him and set up solo 401k because there is cool strategies to it. But mm -hmm. when you're 70 and a half, like what's, what's your tax situation going to be? Right. And so yeah. you've just, you've just deferred those taxes until later. And there's unique things you can do, um, you know, to try and avoid some of it, but it's, it's inevitable. So right. I don't know. You just got to build your plan around that. And that's why it's so important, man. It's so important to get a basic understanding. Everybody wants to avoid the taxes. And that's why I talk about ignorance, right? We talked about the impulsiveness a little bit. The ignorance is like, man, I know it's the least fun part of business, but no one's going to care about your money more than you, you know? So you have to, you don't have to become a financial expert, but you've got to actually apply yourself to building your financial team around you and being involved enough to make those decisions with people, get trusted advisors, get people to help you understand things. Like you have to, you have to apply yourself. You have to be willing to take on some sort of financial base knowledge to, in order to, in order to hit that. Otherwise you're probably just going to get taken advantage of because of your ignorance. Right. And so um, it is super important and I'm not promoting easier accounting. I mean, build, get some trust. It might, you might just need a wealth advisor or you might need a CFO or you might need a, a better accounting firm or better systems and processes. But if you don't have somebody that really knows how money works and you're not willing to just check in with them once a month, Hey, 
Jeff, I'm, I'm thinking about buying this rental property. Positive cash flows look like this, but it's in a market where appreciation's only been this. Like, if you don't like take the time to actually get these base concepts down and understand how money works and some of the rules, you know, you're, you're just gonna, you're really screwing yourself. I mean, you don't have to go take some crazy course and sit in a college classroom and, you know, go through the most miserable learning process, but you can learn as you go by having great people around you. And that's going to serve you very well. Yeah. But again, it's, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to harp on a societal problem, but I think it's a societal problem of abdication of responsibility. It's laziness, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so that's why 401ks are so fucking popular because you're like, I'll just go to work for the man and yeah. I'll work at this company and then I'll hand them a portion of my paycheck every fucking two weeks for the rest of my life. And, and they'll take care of it and they'll yep. take care of me. And mm-hmm. it, like when I'm 65, we'll be sitting on the beach in Cosmel and enjoying my 401k. And yeah. it, like, I think that that's just a, it, it, it loses you freedom. It loses you years of your life and it mm-hmm. loses you the ability and the agility to be able to build wealth, build a legacy, leave an empire for your family. If you want, if you're trying to build big shit, you can't operate like that. Yeah. It's Bitcoin is a fucking great example right now. Mm -hmm. That's hot as hell. Like there's a lot of money to be made in Bitcoin, right? I'm not saying go out and buy a bunch of Bitcoin, but like it probably is worth reading a fucking book about Bitcoin. Yeah. Just to understand it or or Google a fucking article about it. So you like actually know what blockchain even looks like. Yeah. It, like it might take 10 minutes of your time. It might yeah. be something you're very interested in. But I mean, I know people that have made tens of thousands of dollars last month in that space. Yeah. And so Incredible. there's no lack of opportunities out there. It's a lack yeah. of willingness to learn. Mm-hmm. And willingness to develop a skill and then willingness to sit in the shit and enjoy the process like we talked yeah, about, right? Exactly. exactly. And you nailed it, bro. Like that lack of willingness, that choice to stay ignorant, that choice to stay impulsive, that is laziness, man. And if you're not wanting to build big shit, like you're screwed, you know, like you, like you get told so many things like money's not everything. Well, it is a great damn tool to get you everything. Like, cause we're, I'm not chasing like a certain number. Like it's not important for me to be like a certain level of billionaire, but like at the same time, like it's such a tool to help me build the things that are valuable, which is the people around me, which is time with my family, which is freedom of time, which, you know, is all these things, right. It's happiness, right. Uh, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, you know, it's a tool towards it. You know, I mean, obviously you've got to do some work on you. If you've got a lot of money and you're not happy, it's like, dude, you just aren't, you just aren't doing the work on you. Right. Uh, but dude, you, you should be trying to do big things, especially right now where you're young. Cause the, the future ain't certain for a lot of people, right? Like we don't know what, we don't know what Bitcoin's going to be. We don't know what tax rates are going to be in 20 right. years from now. We don't know what the real estate market's going to look like in 20 years. We don't know, you know? So we, we have to, we have to build big shit, you know, and, right. and utilize that tool um, to get us the things that are, that are more fulfilling, you know, the things like time and family and happiness and the things that we all want. Like it, it's so much more fulfilling to me that I get to teach my children a path of, of fulfillment and happiness and, and teach them to be great people in the world than it is uh, like, dude, I don't want, I'm like you, bro. I don't want to, I don't want I don't even want a Lamborghini. You know, my vision is so much beyond that, bro. Like, yeah, nothing. And, and there's nothing against it. There's really nothing against it. If that fuels people, I love it that that fuels them. But like me, like, dude, my visions are just different, man. It's all about my family and the legacy, the ranch that we want to build where everyone has their own spot out in the mountains. Like, you know, that kind of stuff is, is what I'm chasing. And, and uh, that's, that's my vision. And that's what I'm building my wealth around right now. And so it's important for me to do big shit because I realized that in order to do big shit, I got to do big shit right now because I want to teach my kids how to be givers. When I talk to him about the Goodman name and, I, and my daughter, I just adopted her. I don't know if you saw that on social media, but like, she's so excited. She's like, Oh, finally I've got the Goodman name. And she's so excited because I always sell that to my kids, man. I'm always selling to them. Like 
dude, you're good, man. It means something. You are a servant in this world. Like you get to serve people, which is going to in turn serve you. We live in a world of reciprocity, man. And like, you've got to become a giver. Like Kobe, you want to be a pro baseball player? Well, guess what? You need to learn how to serve your coach. You need to show up for him in order for you, you to do that. What are you doing when you're not at practice, when you're not on that field already? What's the extra work that you're putting in? Because that's the guy that's going to serve you when he's reaching out to college scouts saying, hey, this kid's the real deal. Like, that's what the Goodman name's all about. And so we had that talk with my daughter, and it was just incredible. And she's just so, you know, fulfilled, feels whole. And, uh, and that, that, was, that was my goal, man. I wanted her to feel that. But, but that's my vision. If I'm going to teach my kids to be givers, I've got to be a giver. And I can't give that much if I don't receive that much, which means I got to really build big shit right now. I'm not going to feel ashamed of building wealth when I own my own youth teen center one day that's totally free for kids to come and that are troubled youth like I was, and they can come and get educated on how to be, you know, winners in the world, right? Like, I want to do stuff like that and leave a legacy behind so that when I am gone, my kids are talking about what Grandpa Goodman taught them, you know, what Grandpa Goodman did. They're talking about the Grandpa Goodman's books that he left behind and, you know, the impact that he made. And that's what it's all about. But you got to do big shit and you can't feel ashamed about wealth to do it. And so you got to understand money right now. Otherwise you are doing exactly what Jeff just said. And you're just being lazy. Yep. Yep. That's powerful, man. We say the same <laughs> shit around our house. That's not what yeah. Smiths do. Dude, so or that is what Smiths that. do. Yeah. We, we love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That I, I love that. I'm inspired by that. I'm going to, I'm going to leave that as the last <laughs> thing that we're saying uh, in, in where can people find you, man? Uh, go, go follow our page, man. Real business owners. Um, Trev and I both switch off. We still answer all the DMS and stuff. We don't have like some social media VA or something like that. So shoot us a message over there. Um, if people, uh, want to go to my personal stuff, that's fine too. Um, uh, my, my Instagram is now Kel great man instead of Goodman. Simon told me, he's like, change it to great man. You're a great man, dude. You need to change it. And I, I liked it. So I did it. So at Kel great man, is my is my personal Instagram at Real Business Owners is our business page. You can hit me on Facebook too. It's just Kale Goodman. And then our company's easieraccounting.com. It's pretty simple. And so they can connect with us any way that they want, man. Right on. Right on. Guys, yeah. if you're not following this guy, he's doing big shit. And <laughs> you should be. You should be. And he's a, a amazing human being as well. And I can attest to that. And he's raising a good family. If you're a father out there looking for someone to emulate, like none of us say we've got all our shit together, but this guy is a good one. He's a good oh, one to, to follow, man. I appreciate yeah. you. Dude, I appreciate you, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to learn more about you today, dude. We have so much in common, just the way we think and, you know, kind of how we were in our upbringings, you know, dude, that was cool, man. That was a really great time. hundred percent. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. We'll, we'll, we'll see you we'll see on the next episode, next episode of the Tactical Empire.